It is game day for the Vegas Golden Knights here on this Tuesday. They take on the Nashville Predators tonight at T-Mobile Arena. We'll take a look at the new-look Predators with Matt Duchesne and company now that they moved on from P.K. Subban. And we answer some of your questions that you have sent over in our first-ever mailbag. Welcome back, everybody, to Locked on Golden Knights. Let's go. To another episode of Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Tuesday to all of you, and it should be a good Tuesday because the Vegas Golden Knights are back home. And after a short hiatus away from T-Mobile Arena, in which they enter with back-to-back wins in their back pocket, they return home to face the Nashville Predators tonight. So, welcome back, everybody. I am Danny Webster, your host, Vegas correspondent for NHL.com, site manager for SB Nation's Knights on Ice. If you are on Apple Podcasts, we definitely encourage you to leave a review, leave a rating, let us know what you think of this podcast. Any of the feedback that we get uh, is most appreciated, and all of the uh, criticism and all the feedback that we get is definitely um, being noticed. I like to go through the reviews every day if we get any new ones, and we actually did get one today from Mike underscore goalie, who leads it off with boring, and and, that, and you know what? That's okay. You know what? It doesn't It doesn't make me mad. Um, a, a lot of people may feel differently about having another Golden Knights podcast out there. A lot of my colleagues who do the podcasts either every day or close to every week, they do a fantastic job. And I'm not coming in here to try and be better than them. Uh, this is just a new way to talk about the Golden Knights in a, in a different way that I haven't done so yet. You know, another thing about it is talking about my, uh, my delivery. Uh, I do tend to be a little slow. I do tend to be... A little bit of uh, on the rambly side when it comes to my sentences. It's something that I'm always working on. It's something that, you know, not everybody's perfect at. I do have the tendency to kind of stop midway and try and figure out what words go here and how to make the sentence sound a little bit better. So, you know, I appreciate you definitely letting me know that. It's something that I'm going to be working on going forward. And absolutely, co-hosts or guests may do wonders for this so it doesn't be a drag. You know what? We're going to have a lot more guests coming up. I'm definitely looking to add a few more voices to this so it's not just me either putting you all to sleep or whatever the case may be. So I appreciate the feedback. Again, it's good, bad, and different. doesn't really matter to me. All of it is designed to help this podcast get better, help me get better as a podcaster, and I appreciate any of the feedback that comes through the way. And we're going to use this as as constructive criticism to uh, better us as we go, especially this season. We're only six games in. The Golden Knights are only six games in. We're only six games in. So my hope is that I can continue to be better and that this podcast can continue to be better. So again, thank you for the feedback. Thank you for letting me know what's going on. And we'll definitely try, and I will definitely try to make this podcast a little bit better as the season goes on. So if you can believe it, it's already game number seven of the season for the Golden Knights. I feel like in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about how quick this season has gone just because we're still marching through October and it feels like it's going rather quickly. But after the Golden Knights completed their back-to-back with wins over the Calgary Flames on Saturday and Sunday on the road against the Los Angeles Kings, Vegas returns home to take on the Nashville Predators with puck drop at 7 o'clock tonight. And I guess you can say it's the new-look Nashville Predators because that team looks a whole lot different without P.K. Subban anchoring the blue line 
Obviously, Subban was traded in the second day of the NHL draft to the New Jersey Devils, and the Predators cleared enough cap space to go after the one guy that I guess has been wanting them for a while, and they've been wanting for a long time too, and that is the boisterous Matt Duchesne. And of course, with the Predators moving on from Subban in the offseason, they were able to garner enough cap space to sign Duchesne to a long-term deal, seven years, $56 million to really make him the offensive focal point of the future. And Duchesne, for all that it's worth, is off to a really hot start. Nine points through five games, uh, two goals, seven assists, and Duchesne is on a five-game point streak. And I guess you can call it the Matt Duchesne effect because not only has he gotten off to a hot start, there are other players who have gotten off to great starts as well for the Predators, one of them being 25-year-old center Philip Forsberg, who has seven points in five games. He's also on a five-game point streak with four goals and three assists. Ryan Johansson also with seven points through five games with two goals and five assists. And the top-scoring defenseman for the Predators, now that P.K. Subban has been moved on to New Jersey, is Roman Yossi with five and Ryan Ellis with five as well. As far as the goaltending goes for Nashville tonight, we could have a rare sighting of Pekka Rinne play the Golden Knights tonight. The last time Rinne faced Vegas was on January 2nd, 2018. So you have to go back to the to year one, where that was also the last time Rinne played inside T-Mobile Arena and Vegas defeated Nashville three to nothing. The other time that Rene played against Vegas was on December 8th of 2017, 4-3 in a shootout. Vegas got the victory, and if you recall, that was also a victory for one Malcolm Subban over his brother PK. UC Soros has usually been the one that has gotten the call against Vegas. Most times it's been because of a back-to-back situation. Saros has had a really rough start to the season. He's gotten two starts under his belt, a 5.10 GAA, and an 8.44 save percentage. And in case you're wondering, it hasn't been easy for it hasn't been easier for Pekka Rinne either. Uh, the veteran netminder is going into this game with an 8.94 save percentage and a 3.00 GAA. The good news is for the Predators, they have won all three of their starts that Rinne has played. So at least if they're looking for a silver lining. That that's one to look to. As far as Vegas goes, considering that it, this is going to be the third game in four nights, I would not expect anything different. I do believe that we'll see Mark Andre Fleury in net tonight. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Oscar Dansk at any point during his call up. We'll get to that in a little bit, but I do believe Mark Andre Fleury will get the start uh, for Vegas. Lines should expect it to be the same. Uh, Carlson line with Smith and Marshall. Stasny with Stone and Pacioretty, Eakin with Glass and Zikov, and then Nosek with Reeves and Carrier. Deep pairings expect to be the same as well with McNabb, Theodore, Merrill, Holden, and Haig and England with Oscar Dance likely backing up Marc-Andre Fleury. Here's how rocky of a start it's been for Nashville if you're trying to gauge where they're at right now. Nashville is tied for third to last in the league at goals allowed per game at 4.2. The team they're tied with, the Minnesota Wild. Congrats to the Wild for winning a game. I did not think this day would come. But the Wild and the Predators are third to last at 4.2 goals allowed per game. Second to last is the New Jersey Devils. The team that is the worst in the league is the team that the Predators just lost to the other day, the Los Angeles Kings, at 5-2. to two. Vegas putting up five goals against them on Sunday probably did not help that number. 
So obviously not the greatest of starts for the Predators. Their goaltending has been a little suspect and their defense has been a little suspect. Is it's definitely not a characteristic of Peter Laviolette's team to be allowing this many goals at this early of a juncture and Nashville will have the chance to write that wrong when they face Vegas tonight. But I do not see that happening. I think Vegas is going to ride this momentum to another big win. I I think that the Stasny line is going to start asserting its dominance, as we've seen over the last couple of games. And we're going to get the chance to see them in full effect against a very talented Nashville team. So I'm going to say Vegas wins 4-2. to It'll be a pretty close game toward the end, and then we'll have an empty netter. Uh, I'll call Jonathan Marshall to have the empty net goal four to two I think will be the final Vegas will win its third straight game before they prepare for the Ottawa Senators on Thursday so a quick turnaround for the Golden Knights tonight after the stint in LA on Sunday they're back home and a lot of people I'm pretty sure want to go see the Golden Knights and you know a lot of times you can't afford it the tickets can be way too expensive but Vivid Seats wants to get you there and you might want to think about going because the last I checked Vivid Seats has tonight's game going for $55 a pop, and that's that's pretty damn good. Vivid Seats wants to get you to your favorite sporting event, theater production, and concert at the prices that are best affordable to you. And again, you can't go wrong for $55 a pop for a Golden Knights ticket. That's absolutely insane. If you take advantage with getting these tickets for Vivid Se- or from Vivid Seats, there is incentive for you. When you create an account, you'll be enrolled into the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program, which will get you credits back for every purchase you make on the app. All you have to do is download it from the App Store or through Google Play and get ready to make your first purchase. Here's the fun part when you make that purchase. Listeners can get up to $100 in discounts for their first purchase on the Vivid Seats app. All you got to do is enter the promo code POSTSEASON at checkout. So if you're buying three tickets for tonight's game at that aforementioned $55 a pop, you're looking at maybe getting one or two of those for free if you want to be technical about it. So go download the Vivid Seats app today through your app store or through Google Play. Enter the promo code postseason upon checkout and you can save a boatload of money today. That's Vivid Seats, V-I-V-I-D, Seats, promo code postseason for $100 in discounts. Now it's time for one of my favorite segments. Well, technically this is the first time we're doing it, so it's already going to be one of my favorite segments as we move forward. This is going to be the first ever mailbag portion of Locked on Golden Knights. I I put out feelers through the Twitterverse uh, asking for questions that may or may not have been asked on numerous platforms at this point, and we got some interesting ones. Uh, some of them were kind of repeat questions, so we're going to kind of limit it to that one particular question, but for those who sent in your questions, thank you very much. If you'd like to get a question in for the next mailbag, uh, tweet at LockedOnVGK. You can tweet at me, at DannyWebster21. And we'll get you in for the next round. First question comes from Kyle Pickering on Twitter, who asks, what do I think of Cody Glass's play on the wing in the last two games? He's been fine. There there hasn't been anything really that has made him stand out. Uh, Obviously, he had the goal against Calgary that came on a fortuitous bounce, but he's been doing well. He hasn't really committed too many penalties. He hasn't made too many mistakes. When he's gotten the puck, he's made pretty good decisions. He's won a lot of puck battles along the boards, which I think is becoming one of his better traits. The way that he's able to wrestle the puck away from the other team's players is absolutely unbelievable. Uh, I think that he's been fine, and I think he's earned the right to continue playing on the wing. Now, keep in mind, for Cody Glass, this was really this is really the first time he's played wing 
since he was in juniors. I think his first or second year in Portland was the last time he played wing before he eventually moved to center. So it is going to take some time. And, you know, if you listen to Gerard Gallant, he's the one that says that it really is. It really gets in the players heads when they play from center to wing, because it doesn't really have that much of an effect. And you look back to year one, there were a lot of players that had played center or played wing and they had to move because everybody wants to play center. But there were a lot of players who had to move from center to wing. And that's just an adjustment period, and that's going to be no different for Cody Glass. However, I do think his play is going to elevate once Alex Tuck returns to the lineup, because that's really the missing key. If they get another playmaker like Tuck, no offense to Zekov or Peary, but they're just not getting the job done, and they're not going to unlock that untapped potential that is Cody Glass being the playmaker that elevates that third line. So once Tuck comes back, I think he's going to make that line a whole lot better, and I think it's only going to help Glass uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, part of the question here from Paul Williams also asks, what are my thoughts on glass at right wing? But he also asks, would it make more or less sense to put glass at center and Eakin as a winger? I've been kind of on the fence of putting Eakin at the wing. He did play some wing when he was in Dallas. It wasn't a lot, but he has the experience to play on the wing if need be. I think it's fine the way it is, and, I, and I, this kind of goes back to what I mentioned with Gerard Gallant saying switching from center to wing. It really doesn't matter. As long as Cody Glass continues to be the playmaker and flash his IQ, he's going to fit in anywhere he plays on that line. Uh, I think if you wanted to kind of interchange it, you probably could. Um, one thing that does help is that you can switch the, between the two of them when it comes to the faceoffs, and that kind of that doesn't really change much in how you approach your offense but it does enough to where you can kind of maybe create some mismatches where you thought glass would be over on this side, but now he's over here and then you can kind of exploit it a little bit. I think if they wanted to move Eakin to wing, I think it's possible, but I just don't see it being like a permanent type of move. I think they're going to keep it with how it is and they love Eakin at center. It's just the way it is. And I think they're just, they're just going to keep it there for a while. Next question comes from Angela Wilson, who asks, what do I think, Mark Stone's points projection will be this year. This is a very loaded question, but I think it's something we should definitely explore if we're talking Mark Stone playing for an entire year. Again, he's got nine already in six games. And if Vegas keeps on winning and they're challenging for like top seed in the Western Conference and whatnot, it would not shock me if Mark Stone got some votes for the Hart as well as the Selkie because he'll be right there for the Selkie. The fact that he was so close last year, I think that he's probably going to be even more closer, which means he probably would lose by like maybe two votes or he's actually going to win the whole thing. Um, goal projections for or points projections for Stone this year. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say we're going to have something that we've never seen yet from a Vegas Golden Knights player. Someone is going to crack 80 points and I think it's going to be Mark Stone. Because I think that line is just going to score all year long. That that line is just on a tear continuing from the playoffs last year. They've already gotten off to a hot start now that they've been reformed uh, for the past two games. I think this could be a year where Stone like challenges for 80 some odd points. I'll, I'll go 30, 35 goals because I, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. I think he can get 35 and 35 plus 45 would be 80. So I'll go 35 goals, 
45 assists on a baseline. I just think if that line continues to produce, Stone's going to get his points. Patrick Reddy's going to get his points. Stasny's definitely going to get his points. And it's going to be... it's going to be pretty deadly, but I do think this is the year we see a Golden Knights player eclipse 80 points, and I think it will be Mark Stone. Uh, another question from Angela, but it's also a question that I received on Facebook, kind of in the same realm, but I will ask uh, this question. How do I feel about Malcolm Subban? And, and I guess I'll kind of break it up as we go, but how do I feel about Malcolm Subban? Honestly, I think Malcolm has all the potential in the world to be a really good goalie in the NHL. Uh, injuries have plagued him uh, a great deal and he just really hasn't had the chance to get in there and show what he can do. Um, he played terrific against Arizona and when you look at how he played and you see that that's the kind of play that you can get from Subban, you're ecstatic knowing that he could potentially be the future. Now here's my other thing. When it comes to Subban, I, I entered this year with the mindset that this could be a prove it year cause he's on a one year deal you don't know how much longer Vegas can really get him on these, uh, get him on these one-year deals before another team possibly sees the potential that he has and be like, "Hey, do you want to be a starter for our team? For us? I mean, if if a team came around and offered Malcolm Subban the chance to be a starter, um, he would probably take that. So this is a big year for him, I think, in terms of individual play and in terms of what Vegas thinks of their backup goaltender. And if Tuesday is any indication, I think Subban is off to a great start. Obviously that injury, uh, did not help his matters whatsoever, but I think, uh, I think he's got all the potential to be a really good goalie in the NHL. And I think he's got really the potential to be a good goalie for Vegas. Once Mark Andre Fleury decides to hang it up. Another part to that question, uh, from Todd white on Facebook, he asks, why would the golden Knights consider playing Oscar dance after recalling him from Chicago to give Mark Andre Fleury a little bit of a break and to me, that is a very good question because I am of the minority and, I, and I, I'm not a loud part of this minority, but I am of the minority that Oscar Dansk should be given a chance to play and in any capacity whatsoever. Now, having said that, there's a reason why he's been in Chicago for the majority of the last two years. I mean, he got a chance to be a starting goaltender in the NHL for a few games because their top two goaltenders went down with injuries and then he went down with an injury. And then all of a sudden we're down to Max Legacy and Dylan Ferguson. And the whole thing was a complete mess and an utter chaos. And it was totally awesome. But I think there is a reason why Dansk is still in Chicago. What that reason is, I'm actually not sure. And I don't think a lot of people really know. Uh, He hasn't been balls to the wall. Excellent in Chicago, which I think could play a factor as to why he hasn't played in Vegas. But I definitely, I definitely think he needs a chance to see if he can still uh, replicate that magic he had in those three wins that he got when he was the starter and when he came in for relief for Subban in one of those games. I believe it was the St. Louis game. I think that was the Carlson game-winning overtime. Or maybe it was Buffalo. I can't remember. That was so long. No, 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 no. It was the... Uh, it was the St. Louis game because Subban played the whole Buffalo game and I think they almost blew it. Um, but no, I, I think Dansk deserves a chance to at least get a game in and see what he can do. Uh, I think that Subban being on this one year contract in in all actuality, I thought it was a wake up call to see, okay, 
we're going to give you more opportunities this year. Let's see if you can handle being the guy. And at some point when Flurry retires, you're going to be the guy. And I thought that Dansk would provide him some competition. And I've thought that for the last couple of years, just because I want to see what Dansk can do. You know, I don't, I don't think that he's full on better than Malcolm Subban, but I at least think he is, he has earned a chance to show what he can do. Uh, do I think he plays in the final three game road trip next week when they go to Chicago, Philly and Pittsburgh? No, because that by then I think Subban will be back and I think Subban will likely get the Sega Baba. I believe it's in Chicago next week. So we might need to wait a little bit or we need a more serious injury to Malcolm Subban before we can finally uh, proclaim Oscar Dansk as the next backup to the Golden Knights. But I would like to see him get a chance. I, I don't think that it would hurt to play him, especially if Subban somehow doesn't come back for that final for that final road trip of the eight games in twelve days. So I, th- I think I think he's worthy of a chance. And if he does get the chance, I, th- I think he'll do fine. I don't think he'll set the world on fire like he did in his first three wins, but it it, it really is better than nothing. So that was pretty much all we had on the mailbag. I know it wasn't a, a lot of questions, but to those who sent in their questions, thank you so much. Uh, greatly appreciate it. And uh, next time we do a mailbag, we'll do it a little bit more in advance, and hopefully you can send your questions in, and I will gladly answer them. So once again, tonight it is 7 o'clock puck drop. The Golden Knights will be taking on the Nashville Predators. We will be breaking down that game for you tomorrow, how it went. Did Vegas secure its third straight victory we will find out, and then we will look ahead to Thursday's matchup, which records-wise, probably not a big one. But for Vegas as a whole, this is a big one. The Ottawa Senators come to town on Thursday, which means Mark Stone faces his former team for the first time. We will break that down, and we will break down the Nashville game on Wednesday. So thank you all for tuning in. Uh, hopefully... Uh, we did not sway. We did not put you to sleep. We did not uh, bore you to death. Uh, again, we're working every day to make sure this podcast is better, and it is my goal and my duty to continue to be better about this podcast. And we hope that this episode kind of, kind of was a step in the right direction. And we hope uh, you enjoyed it. And we will see you on Wednesday for a wrap up of the Nashville game as we look ahead to Ottawa. I am Danny Webster. Thank you guys for listening. You've been listening to Locked On Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and of course. We got to let the music take us out. Have a good one, everybody.